first of all, how are you feeling? I know you just got back from broom ball. Are you feeling a little sore? Oh no, sore is the next day. Right now, I just feel old. <laughs> it's like one of those things. I know we had the a whole conversation about it last week with Sam. If you got that far in the episode, but every part of your body just kind of hurts. <laughs> you know, but it's like not a sore hurt. It's just like it hurts. And then and then tomorrow is when sore starts and sore goes all the way till like a couple of days after. So it's like a real thing. Amazing. Well, I'm glad we're catching you at a good time for this very special episode of Write That Down. We are joined by our good friend Grace Lewis. Grace, how are you hey doing? There. I am well coming at you from Eastern PA. Missing. Oh, that's like a first time that somebody has is actually it? told us where they're at. Okay. That well. is totally something we need to continue <laughs> doing, you know? First time, uh, long time caller, first time, uh, no, first time listener. What is it? Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Long time yeah. listener, first time caller. I just want to come at you from Eastern PA and I'm, I'm just interested in a couple of things. Oh, I really hope I don't no, sound sorry, like that. Funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks cool. for having um, me, guys. Jacob. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, so so Jacob, Grace, so today we're doing an Art of Things. It's one of our, our uh, very special shows where we just pull a, a variety of different perspectives, different different people, different ideas, uh, and try to uh, make them make sense for our podcast, right? Uh, so sort of that name that we came up with, I feel like is super genius or ingenious, I should say, <laughs> because it like works really well. Right, so today, Grace Lewis, we're going to talk about nature. We're going to talk about photography. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, um, but it is an art of things, which means we can go on wild tangents and we don't actually stick to a specific script uh, by by any means. Not that we usually do for any show, but this is a special. <laughs> I was going to say, unlike every other episode, unlike it. every other episode, right, right, right. So, um, yeah, so we like to start our episodes with our um, our guests. Uh, uh, the same way. And Jacob, how, how about how about you explain to Grace uh, what we like to do? Sure. So, I mean, we whenever we have guests on, you know, who better to explain who you are than yourself <laughs> so that we're not just regurgitating your LinkedIn information or whatever <laughs> it might be. So I guess our, our first question is, one, how do we know each other? Mm. Uh, and two, what do you, you call yourself? Okay. Uh, and that can be... You know, however you you make that your job title, uh, kind of what you describe yourself as a person, uh, whatever it means to you. Super. Yeah. Well, I know you guys from the good old and true Juniata College Concert Choir. Um, Shout out. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Don't believe it's the first. Uh, But yeah, proud, proud to to be a part of it. Um, I think, Jacob, we knew each other. Maybe a year before I met Nate, or he joined the choir, I should say. Probably, um, yeah. We did a little tour guiding together, or maybe oh, yeah. that way. And um, yeah, I would say concert choir, and the rest is history. But it's been a, a joy to be in Huntington as an alum, and be able to see you guys on and off throughout the, the past six months post-graduation as well. So, yeah, that's that's the main connection. If you guys have anything to add, feel free. But, um, yeah. I, I think that, that's, that's, you mentioned that's basically how we know everybody is right. through choir of some sort. I love it. No, isn't that just horrible? <laughs> the worst thing ever. Terrible. Terrible. Um, what do I call myself? Ah-ha-ha. Yeah, I would say... A good place to start, especially, you know, aligning with the theme of of this particular episode would be nature enthusiast. Uh, Among many other things, though, I, you know, my gosh, have really been like playing around with this idea of identity a lot the past year of my life. And so, yeah, I'm a nature enthusiast. I'm a photographer. I'm a singer and an artist. And um, I love to write I love to do so many things and so it's hard to pick just one you know quick phrase of of what I call myself but I'm sure a 22 year old who just graduated from Juniata College and started a job so I'm a young professional as well (laughs) if you want to go that route uh yeah (laughs) titles so love it uh what did you uh 
uh, study at Juniata? Yeah, I studied wildlife conservation. I uh, did give German a try for a secondary emphasis. Uh, that lasted one semester, so uh, <laughs> wildlife <laughs> conservation it was. And uh, yeah, I am pursuing a career today in, in that field. So that is where I'm at with that. Well, so I guess... Uh, just to kind of start off, I mean, wildlife conservation, obviously, to want to pursue that, you have to have a big love of nature. So mm-hmm. what drove you to that point where it's like, okay, I love this. This is what I want to be involved with, yeah. you know, yeah. for the indefinite future. <laughs> totally uh yeah so I grew up in as I mentioned before I'm coming at you from eastern PA so I am back home um grew up in a hunting and fishing background my dad um especially kind of represented that part of my uh yeah just background growing up in my grandfather and so uh it was a really common thing to to be out and about in nature with them most of the time but then it's, you know, grown to be a a bigger family thing with, you know, my dad, mom, and sister to have gone camping many years together, and we all ski together, and, and, um, yeah, it's kind of just blossomed into this beautiful tree of loving so many different, um, ways of being outside, um, way, way beyond just hunting and fishing and camping, and so I enjoy backpacking now, and I'm really into skiing, and, just looking at wildlife tracks and scat and sign and you know there's just so many things man so yeah it it kind of started small and just you know the little ways of enjoying the outdoors through throwing a fishing rod in the lake or not not the fishing rod the lure that's a bad day of fishing yeah (laughs) no fish were caught and the fishing rod is at the bottom of the lake oh my word what am i saying Yeah. yeah you know though um yeah so just just the little moments that kind of uh, later down the line really turned out to shape me and grow my interests. And so growing up as a kid, I always wanted to be a pediatrician, you know, just picked one of those things <laughs> some and hung on to it some, for some reason. Um, but then in high school, I took a AP environmental science course my junior year and mm. like was really, I don't know, eye open to the world outside of, especially like the conservation, hunting and fishing focused, um, nature enjoyment if that makes sense and so Mm -hmm. more of the sustainability side of things and how each individual person really does have um, a role in the environment and uh, a place of um, being able to protect it and yeah it just kind of kind of snowballed if you will into this idea of having a career in the outdoors and so my summer between junior and senior year, I was accepted to be a part of a, a camp called EcoCamp. It stands for Exploring Careers Outdoors. It was put on by the DCNR, who's our state park agency, so the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. They do a lot of things besides own and maintain our state parks, but that's their main gig. Um, and so just got to meet a ton of professionals in the field and learn a lot that week. It was pretty intensive and just kind of took that and ran with it and decided to pursue that as my uh, interest of of major uh, as I looked into colleges and uh, that brought me to Juniata. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Many of you know they've got a a pretty strong environmental science program and the rest is history. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now Grace, um, I'm I'm really curious. Uh, Obviously you just explained you know how you got into you know loving nature and being outside and you you briefly in, in your introduction gave us an idea of what kind of you know things you are as an artist like a singer and a, a writer and, and photography and stuff like that when did you find that you, your um love for being a creative person and your love for the outdoors began mm. to intersect and like come together to form something really cool where you're doing nature photography or you're writing about your experiences outside or, or whatever it is mm, super question mate yeah I don't know if there was like a really definitive moment, but Mm -hmm. maybe later down the line, as I continue to process things of my life, I'll I'll figure that out. But I would say like end of high school, early college years were really formative in that kind of um, meshing of the two interests and backgrounds and passions. Um, If you're if you were to kind of distinguish like the more just 
dirty and <laughs> I don't know, um, harsh, get muddy, go forwarding, hunting, fishing yeah. side of nature, <laughs> yeah. and like the really soulful, yeah. right? <laughs> the really soulful yeah. and like intentional and meditative and mm-hmm. artful. Not that the other isn't artful. <laughs> it could definitely be artful, but um, yeah, that's kind of when I started to at least find a way to to accept and um, make both a part of me and, and mm-hmm. make it feel like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was challenging, I, yeah, I mean, but yeah. Yeah, I find, I find that a lot of folks who can pull their passion and interests uh, into their art and into mm. their work that they're doing a lot of times it just feels more genuine it doesn't feel Absolutely. forced because there's something behind it there's right. something behind the, the the picture there's something behind mm-hmm. the song or the the mm-hmm. short you know um poem or, or whatever you're doing right. uh and, and maybe that's just the way things are but um you know it's a lot easier to tell when there's stuff out there that just doesn't feel right and it just it may come from a space of just Mm -hmm. the artist not having experiences behind the work that they're doing or whatever whatever it is right and so i I love how you how you brought those two together and you you made it you know something that you like doing now outside of your work like uh how does how does your your love for you know you know singing and 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 you know you called yourself an artist so i I don't want to leave out anything but obviously you said photography and stuff like that yeah yeah are you able to use any of those things inside your 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 job here now? Mm. Uh, and if so, you know how does that tie in, or is it purely on the side? That's a great question. Well, I am a journaler, and I strive to be more of one each and every day, and that's a work uh-huh. in progress for mm. sure. But um, yeah, I I I try and incorporate and you know involve the very separate uh, facets of my life together as much as I can. So for example, um, you guys know this, but my last job was a lot of cutting open deer heads. And so I, you know, <laughs> wanted to just kind of make lighter of the subject. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day I just took out my journal and started sketching some deer heads and, you know, giving them fun comments and, you know, putting that into my daily journal entry. And so that's just a really silly fun example but um yeah on a more serious note I have found um a really great way to try and incorporate my photography and very Mm -hmm. amateur videography interests into um my professional career and maybe that's not exactly my current job this is a new job I'm in it's it's only week two so um we'll get there I do hope to take Lucy is my camera's name I do hope to take Lucy and uh (laughs) maybe snap some turkey photos one day but um yeah in in former jobs related to the profession I um have definitely used that skill and it has yeah paid off for sure a lot of people um are really grateful when I'm able to you know come up with a couple of really quality photos for them or the experience we uh, partook in whether that's the field station so that's the branch campus of Juniata that focuses on environmental science related opportunities and so I was the social media manager for them for two semesters taking photos and um, using them for promotional and just kind of content sharing purposes and that was a really good experience and I hope it, it brought some light to the life of the field station because sometimes that's a little fuzzy for people on the outside looking in and um, similarly I got to volunteer at a wildlife center a year ago and took a bunch of photos for them and they were able to use them for their educational content and powerpoints and that sort of thing so yeah I have seen it to be a really um, great resource to kind of connect into the professional interests I have Um, and I've really I mean this might be a bit premature because you hinted we might get to it later but I do hope to take the the photography passion to a a more professional level I'm just not quite sure how I want to do that yet so I do see it also kind of being in my best interest to kind of uh, mesh the two where and when I can so now when did you start uh, kind of incorporating photography into your work? 
like, what what was your first instinct? It's like, sure. oh, maybe maybe I should start yeah. doing this. Yeah. Well, I got my first DSLR camera Christmas of twenty. 20- 15. I was going to do a little month-long exchange the following summer, and so it was kind of for that, to capture that experience. And, um, you know, I made a little video out of that, and then the photos I used to kind of talk to prospective exchange students at my high school and and share about Mm. the experience. And so that's on maybe a less uh, related note to nature, per se, but I think that was really the start of, like, you know, using the pictures for more than just uh, a little post on my personal Instagram, if that makes sense, and, and for a, sure. a greater purpose. Uh, but in terms of nature, oh, that's a good question. I mean, I've always, you know, been a little more drawn to taking photos of nature than people, and that's just me. And I have so much respect for every photographer and, and all the interests that they encompass and capture. And so, um, yeah, for me, it's just been animals and leaves and mm-hmm. flowers and landscapes and all sorts of different things in between and yeah I, I will, I'll have to think on that one to be honest Jacob food <laughs> for thought when did I take a nature photo that I started using like really for for that professional interest I mean I have a GoPro and I've had a GoPro for years now and I uh got to go on a trip with my family to um, the Dominican Republic a couple of years ago, and we did a little bit of snorkeling, and a lot of it was over dead coral. And so I decided to use the clips I shot um, and make like a little video with it and kind of do some really solid research and kind of put out a, a blurb of what's going on with coral bleaching and, and use that footage mm. to help, you know, convey the message. And I'd say that's kind of an example of of what I've continued to do as I've gotten into it more. But as far as a particular moment, I I can't quite put a finger on it. Yeah, Mm, sure. Shit. By the way, shout out to Evan Quinter, who I remember. Yeah. I don't remember which year this was, but he put on like a movie night at Juniata that was a documentary about coral bleaching yep. and things like that. I think yeah. it was Chasing Coral, which is a really yeah. yes. fabulous yes. documentary to any of you listeners who haven't. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this. Sorry, <laughs> but it's oh. it's great. I recommend it. Please <laughs> oh, watch sure. it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> you, you can't promote it unless they're paying us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want anyway. to I want to keep on talking about uh, since we're already in it, and this is I think find it fascinating. I want to keep on talking about your your nature photography, uh, sure. and I, I want to make sure that we loop around to some of the other things in your life. But yeah, uh, no, specifically for me, my interest yeah my interest really lies in in uh, in photography, mm. and so for me as somebody who doesn't do much uh, nature photography. Uh, I'm interested in your perspective on a couple of things. One is, you know, when you are going out to take a a picture, are you thinking about what you're going to take or is this sort of a spontaneous thing? So there's multiple parts of this question. question. we'll We'll try to keep it right. So, so are you just going out and you're, when you see something cool, you taking it? Or are you do you have an idea what's going on, or, or are you trying to catch like a certain like golden hour in the morning or whatever? <laughs> yeah. So my second part of that question is, you know, just being outside, are you generating ideas for what you could be taking? Uh, and then if you did have your like camera on you, you would be taking those pictures, or would you? Or are you on a hike and say, oh, this is beautiful, this is great composition, or I love this landscape. Uh, I'm going to come back at a certain time. Uh, either in the different season or or different time of day, and I'm going to snap this picture with this exact like focus on what right. So when you're out adventuring, are you picturing what you're going to take pictures of? Are you planning it out, or is it more of like a I'm just going out with my camera, and if I see a cool thing, I'm going to take the picture. Yeah, that that's a loaded, fabulous question, Nate. Uh, <laughs> so the first half, <laughs> yeah, I am definitely mostly on the lean to the side of just going out and taking photos of what catches my eye and and what I feel drawn Mm -hmm. to um though there are times when the latter is true as well and so it really depends like for example the mountain laurels only bloom a certain window within a certain 
short window of time every year. And so right, usually right. it's it's like early to mid-July. Or sorry, June. June. Um, <laughs> and of course, it, with it being my favorite flower, I am always focused on getting out and photographing the mountain Breath blue. Taking. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, my word. 10 yeah. out of 10. 11 out of 10. Uh, they're just... <laughs> I couldn't say enough. Anyway, <laughs> my my uh, little trail name is actually Laurel. When I when I did some section hiking, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful flower, you guys, and it's our state flower. So go mm. Mountain Laurel. <laughs> and for those anyway, folks who don't know, maybe maybe Grace can explain it. What it, it looks like a small rhododendron almost. Absolutely, they're in the same family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Call okay. me up. So yep. it's like the purplish. They can be white, right? White and purple, like a light, yeah. lighter purple. Pink it, yeah. Usually pink. they lean or to pink. pink. Yeah. Rhododendrons are more pur- more purple. Purple, yeah. Right. But but the uh, mountain laurels are typically white to pink, pinkish white. Like scrub, um, like a scrubby brush sort of. Absolutely, yeah. Look. They yeah. and they hold on to their leaves through the winter, so they don't look yeah. the same in the winter because they're just a little sad and cold, and, and they they really up. droop. Yeah. Yeah. But they're yeah. there, and then they do yeah. grow grow new growth. That's pretty obvious in the spring. But yeah, they're just neat neat things. Uh, and hanging out underneath bugger the to hemlocks. Walk through. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 They they so live in acidic pretty. soils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay, anyway. so get back to answer. Mountain Lords. <laughs> Me too. I could talk about them for a while. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's an instance of like the opposite being true, where I am, you know, really on a mission and. Of course, you know, ice storms and sunrises and sunsets are also very good examples of like me going out and and taking photos Mm -hmm. that are are pretty intentional before I even am on site. Um, Mm -hmm. But a large part of the photography I do and feel most inspired and passionate about is just what catches my eye and and what tells the story that I I feel most important to be told. Um, So that is a very wide range of things and very dependent upon the environment and, and circumstance I find myself in. And sometimes that isn't necessarily the, <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, straightforward definition of nature. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, the collaboration and collision of people and nature. So for example, when we were in Morocco, I took a photo of a turtle in a cage. Um, and so a, a pretty <laughs> wild-looking turtle, I might add, in a cage in the Medina. Uh, and so, yeah, nature photography for me isn't always necessarily w- walking in the woods, hiking mm-hmm. um, either, but oftentimes it is. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like capturing um, in kind of that spontaneous way also helps me to be more observant of the landscape or or place I'm in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, a lot of photographers I talk to agree with that. And, and just the idea of being able to look back on something, um, as many times as you'd like and, and just, yeah, be really right. intentional about the places you're in. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's helped me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find, and this might be an aimless question, so I'm thinking of how to phrase it. Uh, do you do you find any changes in your like creative eye or photographic eye as the seasons change and the landscapes change? Like like what you are looking for in you know yeah. your photography? And no, things like that's that? a great question, Jacob. Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. Spring wildflowers have just recently grown to be one of my really favorite things to to photograph in the spring, of course. And so, yes. I'm looking at the ground and at the small things in the ground a lot more in the springtime <laughs> than I am in the winter when everything is dead and brown <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> not exciting. So yes. Uh, and in the same way, I think I pay, I don't know. The, yeah. I pay a lot more attention to the ridges of, of the Pennsylvania mountains in the fall when they're covered in different colored leaves than I do other times of the year. Though they're beautiful and deserving of attention all times of the year, I definitely pay more attention to them in the fall, I think. Um, and I, yeah, it's just this amazing thing to, to behold. But yeah, absolutely, yes to your question. <laughs> so, so, so what do you look for in the winter? 
when mm. everything is brown and dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will preface this with winter is my favorite season when there is snow. <laughs> when there's not snow, it is a little harder. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we've got the brown and we've got the white winter. <laughs> so yeah. in the brown winter, um, it it really depends because you can get ice storms and there's no snow on the ground. And then, oh, my gosh, every the single light. branch is captivating in the light. Yeah. It's Especially like morning light yeah. with with a nice oh. storm on branches and and that yeah. sort of thing. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of pictures of you know ridges kind of folding into each other that are completely brown and they're so beautiful. And I'm because you, you can see the undulate. Oh my gosh, you can see yes, so much more topography of the mm-hmm. land. Yeah, in a whole new you, way. You can't see that in a sea of green, but exactly. you can see it when when there's yeah. more contrast mm-hmm. and, and the depth right yeah, i was just no about other to say, time i was of driving mm-hmm. yeah i was driving over the mountain here in, in state college uh and i was looking over and and you can you can see all of the foothills and all yeah. of the sort of how the land mm-hmm. intersects with each other so and it's good. it's gorgeous mm-hmm. it really so is. Uh, yeah i yeah. love that question and how that entertains different ideas of right. you know what are we looking for right. macro versus micro and oh all these different gosh. things so yeah Absolutely. And then, yeah. yeah, in the snowier days, I just, every little thing catches my eye personally. I just <laughs> can't get enough of it usually, um, mm-hmm. unless it's like really, really, really cold and windy. Then I just enjoy right. <laughs> it from inside the house usually. But <laughs> um, I am a, a big lover of snow and snowy days and, and scenes. Um, and so, yeah, when it snows, I'm snapping everywhere (laughs) um when it's brown it is a little more tricky for me to to be excited about taking photos if i'm being completely honest but there's still so much to capture and so much worth capturing um just gotta look a little harder and that definitely with my camera i've been you know encouraged to do more if you know compared to if i were not holding a camera um yeah Okay, so to continue the conversation with photography, uh, I have a quick a quick question. And again, this is going to be along the same lines uh, with what Jacob kind of said. Is this this may be aimless? This may just be like, <laughs> you know, who who has any idea what what it, what I'm actually trying to ask? So, um, when you are uh, you know taking a picture, and you were you talked about storytelling, and storytelling in pictures is is huge. Uh, in that when you're viewing a picture, hopefully it's invoking some kind of emotion or something like that. And a story is starting to weave their way into the person's thoughts as they're looking at an image. Right. Um, so, so, so my question in short and Jacob, if this sounds completely weird, help me out (laughs) when you are taking this picture. Okay. Are you telling the story is the story you're trying to tell, uh, you as the photographer capturing the moment or is the story of the object in the way it is presented in the picture? Wow. Like if I'm taking a yeah. picture of a deer or, right. or taking a picture of some wild animal or, or hell a really cool rock <laughs> and the light is just beautiful yeah. on it. Right. Yeah. Am I, and when I take this picture, the person viewing the picture, are, are they going to look at it and be like, why did the photographer take this picture? Mm-hmm. Like, is there something in the photographer's life that they're trying to tell through this picture? Or mm. is it the actual topic of the picture, the focus of the picture? Yeah. Like, what is this rock story trying yeah. to tell? What is this deer, right? Is that a real mm. question? Can you come up with an answer? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can come up with an answer. I don't know if it's what you're shooting for, but uh, I, I definitely am picking up some of what you're putting down at least. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. yeah, let's roll with it. Um that's a great question, and I really appreciate that because it's got my creative juices flowing a bit more. Um, I think it really depends, and I will go into more depth because that's a, a cop-out in some ways. But, yeah, I, in a lot of ways, photography can be an outlet for me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it's not my concern at all some days, 
what other people think about my photos. It's more for me and Perfect. a way to express myself. Yes. And then there's yeah. days when I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And there are so many reasons other people should find it amazing. And again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm biased in thinking that um, most times. But, but still, that kind of brings me to wanting to convey the story of the item rather than like my how I was feeling when I took that photo or um you know just yeah definitely being mindful about the photos I'm taking Mm -hmm. varies day to day um and I'm always mindful but like the intention I think sometimes is maybe a little more for myself and it being an outlet and then other days it's more for telling this story that's really powerful and I want to you know kind of share on a on a greater level for a a greater purpose than just myself expressing, you know, some feelings or, you know, (laughs) not that that's not important, but yeah, I think there's some days I feel really compelled to, to do a bit more with the photos that I take. And, um, when I take them, that's in mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to continue on that, do you have like a, just a, an album or a, a, a place of pictures that you, you have that are just for you yeah that are just for me not really but i can tell you right now let me my photos album on my phone has forty one thousand photos <laughs> and they, they that say is the best camera my, definitely not procrastinating is it okay so good I'm they say the best camera is the one in your pocket the well one that you well have access to yeah and i import all my dslr photos to my okay, my iphone okay. and edit them on lightroom on my iphone i don't know it's just the thing yeah. that I, oh yeah I've, Oh yeah, stuck with. But hey, we'll so get a lot into of those are my soon. camera photos. But <laughs> good, good, good. We're definitely going to talk about tech here soon. Yeah. In fact, unless you want to add more to you know photography and, and nature of photography mm-hmm. and the stuff that you're doing, do you want to add anything there before we talk? No, about let's the tech let's and keep rolling. Mm-hmm. We keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. So, a couple things here that's going to go along with our composition and some of the stuff that we've been we've been talking about. What you know, what do you rock out in the field? Okay. What camera are you rocking out in the field? Mm -hmm. And, you know, are you choosing a specific focal length or something? Do you have a specific eye to the type of pictures you're taking? Uh, I know it changes throughout the seasons and we just talked about that, but is there a Grace Lewis like (laughs) photo? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's so funny you asked this question because uh, I took a photography class for the first time in my life last my my final semester of college, which was this past spring, or sorry, spring twenty one, and uh, it was kind of like unwillingly so, just because it was at the field station, and you take all the classes that are given to you at the field station unless you have an excuse to get out of them, and so you know I was really open to the idea of a photography class, but I was kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna take from this, and. Uh, I'd rather just, <laughs> you know, stick with my comfort zone. But it it was really enlightening, and I'm really glad I did take it. And in doing so, it taught me so much about my own photography style that I didn't even know prior to taking the course. Um, not that I changed any of it by the end of the course. I was definitely more observant. But um, my professor told me I take darker photos and then the more I kind of saw my peers photos and and his and and what is considered a good photo I did you know agree with him and come to the conclusion that I do tend to take and like the look of darker photos and so that's definitely part of my style and my friends do agree with that and thankfully (laughs) I mean they could be lying but they do like the the style that I embrace and so I'm really grateful for that but um yeah I I don't know I for some reason, that's just where my eye usually leads me when I'm snapping and um, setting up my camera settings every time and, and then in the post-processing um, as well. I just lean to the darker photos. Um, yeah. I've definitely kind of been playing around with that since the, the class because I do think there is kind of a, a balance to be struck. Right. You, you have to find <laughs> um, your space but, and you have to try new things yeah, and you got to see how that right. works. So, exactly. so to continue to push on this, because mm-hmm. I think I find this really, really interesting. Yeah. 
when you are setting up your camera and, and taking these pictures, mm-hmm. are you focusing on uh, the impact of like the shutter speed and the aperture and making sure that those are dialed in to capture this picture? Or are you finding uh, that you're just kind of looking at that light meter and making sure that it is the, exactly where you want it? And of course, that's going to impact yeah. your ISO and the, all the other parts of taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are you trying to dial in your shutter speed and your, your aperture for to for that picture to tell the story you're trying to get it yeah. or are you just trying to light it the way that you're trying to light mm. and then and that's how it mm. goes forward absolutely no i yeah so i shoot a lot in uh shutter priority mode i i also rock a nikon uh d3200 okay. i yeah, yeah, i yeah. uh Hmm. traded in the starter lenses a, a couple years ago for a 18 to 300 millimeter sure, big old zoom pretty lens, pretty huh? great oh, pretty wow. versatile and it's easy yeah. to travel with so i've been i've been loving it um i do you know have some hopes to upgrade uh once i've got the savings for it of course but uh we're not there yet so that's what i'm rocking um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah i um i do think about the settings before I take the photo or, or if I take a photo and don't like it or don't mm-hmm. agree with what mm-hmm. I, I, with like the intention of what I was trying to capture, I'll, you know, play around. So I have plenty of, of SD cards with like three of the same photo, just with different, oh, a yeah. couple of different tweaks and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that sort of thing. And so, um, yeah, I'd say like in terms of the balance between like the, the, settings beforehand versus like the post-processing i i do a little right. bit of both um there's a, okay a okay good and then before jacob asks his next questions and sorry jacob i'm just taking over all this time <laughs> i want to wrap up this whole segment about photography with uh, or at least you know what we're talking about now with the post-production the workflow sort yeah. of you know how what are you taking your images in raw uh, or are you just shooting you know your regular um what are they, JPEG? No. Yeah, I guess they would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, one or the other, right? And then in your workflow, you talked about Lightroom. So what in, What exactly are you doing in Lightroom? Are you just adjusting um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the light? Uh, are you doing any kind of color correction, basic color correction, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, sure. contrast and stuff? Uh, and we're just sort of interested in how that workflow looks mm-hmm. from start of picture to to you know totally final edit yeah yeah um i've tried raw before um and it's not that i didn't like it but it just didn't work for me and i'm really open to trying it again but just haven't yet i typically shoot in fine jpeg um okay. in fine jpeg setting with my with my camera but play around with that a bit too and i oh. mm-hmm. again i'm not super techie to be honest like i'm not i'm a lot more focused on like the product of photography yeah. and less and and in the sense of like the how does it make me feel what message do i think it conveys so yeah a little less on the the logistical the, the content rather thank than you the exactly sure. thank you, you. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah um so i will kind of note that there but in terms of once I've got that photo, I I have a trusty little dongle that I just plug oh, yeah. the SD card oh, yeah. into yeah, yeah, that yeah. plugs into the phone, import <laughs> yeah. that in a couple seconds. It's fabulous. I used to do the Wi-Fi thing with my it. It was terrible. It never yeah, it's worked. a little finicky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, uh, once I've got that in Lightroom, I usually. Do a little bit of playing around with exposure. Maybe I don't change anything at the end of it, but I do kind of just play around with the idea of changing the exposure. But the biggest thing I go to is like highlights and shadows um, and and then a little bit of contrast and some S-curve stuff. Um, But I don't love to do a ton um, in terms of like correctional uh, editing. So, yeah, it's usually pretty simple. What you shoot is what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're taking yeah. the extra moment while you're shooting to really make sure you're capturing the essence of the picture. Yeah, and yeah. and with with the understanding yeah. that you're not going to manipulate it too right. much later right. down the road. I will say, um, star photography is a little bit different for me, at least. I've oh, found yeah. like yeah. the coloring I usually play around with with star photos because it's just 
a little funky. Um, and this is astrophotography, right? Astrophotography. Are we talking things? Absolutely. So star, no, that's, Abs- you can call it star astro- pictures. No, no, Just, yes, thought, yeah. to be clear. Star pictures. I like star pictures it. better, actually. Yeah? Yeah. yeah better yeah. than I like... like Oh, you well, like the phrase? I, I was like, I like oh, the you're, phrase you're, star you're pictures. A, you're a star no, no, no. I don't, I, I've never figured out how to do it. I've, oh. I've done the time lapses. Like I've done the time lapse okay. ones where I just set the camera up and and have it. Do I've a time never lapse. done that. Which is super cool because you can see I the lines do that. of the stars. Yeah. Oh. But that's that also doesn't take very much like effort. Mm-hmm. I set it up on a tripod, make sure the camera's yeah. not moving, and then I start yeah. the time lapse. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I haven't yeah. done other like you know. I haven't Star figured out how to do that with my camera. That's cool. Maybe we can swap knowledge. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> cool. No, I, yeah, that's been a, a little fun kind of branch of, of my nature mm. photography mm. endeavors for sure. And just um, long exposure photography. I'm not mm. spectacular by any means, but it's been really fun to play with the past couple of years for sure. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> you can even get track. those those star streaks with like a super long exposure, like a, a picture, right? Yeah, While I have the gotten speed them. Stays open. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah, very yeah. very finely, but yeah, I, those long lapses. I, uh-huh. I the bulb exposure. I need a remote, and I don't have that, so yeah. I because I, I you get don't my want the camera long. to move at all. Yeah, Mm-mm. right, right. Yeah. Ooh, super cool. <laughs> so I I have a feeling we could. Go on and on for a while. Oh, yes. yeah. Jacob, reel um, us yeah. in. Reel us in, Jacob. <laughs> I reel guess, us in. Yeah, just, yes. to, just to kind of put a cap on the conversation, go back to the the broader right. topic of, uh, you know, creativity in nature and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you mentioned your new position and feel free to talk as much or as little as you want. Uh, <laughs> but just how would you like to continue to incorporate photography videography journaling any other forms of creativity into your you know both work in nature and also just you know as a hobby i guess quote unquote Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely yeah um so this is this is pretty hot off the press but i have started a photography website and an instagram it's not released yet it's not live but almost we're almost there okay so that's just like one little kind of little but big step for me in terms of like yeah just kind of taking the the photography side of my interests to a new level um yeah, I've just got a lot of photos and not a lot of people have seen them if I haven't shared them on my personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just a, another little portfolio, I guess. Well, let, let us know when um, that is up and running and then we can do. make you a, a partner for our Yes! Yeah, right? I would love that. Oh, oh I would love nothing more. <laughs> Sweet. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, there's that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean... As far as the rest of that question goes, I don't really know. I just, I, what I do know is that I want to keep it in my life in whatever capacity I can, whether it's just taking three minutes to journal before bed every day um, and keeping that in my life that way or um, taking photos as much as I can when I'm hiking or um, like, yeah, just those little uh, steps to kind of keeping things in my life in a, uh, a disciplined way mm-hmm. that ultimately helps me be more creative. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta be in there somehow. Cause it, it makes my life a lot more joyful and, and meaningful. Um, as far as the job goes, yeah, I am a turkey technician oh, uh, as of two weeks day, ago huh? and so yeah you're you're welcome to laugh it's kind of a fun time i love it i uh, love it but, turkey yeah. technician huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh i work for the, the state's wildlife agency called the pennsylvania game commission and so uh they've got a new study looking at hen population and movement dynamics in varying landscapes across the state of pennsylvania uh, as well as hunter values and fall season harvests and um, disease prevalence, a ton of layers mm-hmm. to this this new study. And essentially, they've chosen four study areas across the state, one of them being in um, the southeast 
part of the state in the wildlife management unit known as 5C. And uh, that's where I stand. So I'm the technician for that uh, study area and I'm basically trapping turkeys a lot right now mm-hmm. and organizing opportunities to trap turkeys right now. And so once we trap those turkeys, which is always a very adrenaline um infused moment um you're we're banding them taking you know Uh basic scientific data measurements and then if they're hens in these study areas we're selecting five or four or three hens depending on the capture um and taking a lot more measurements and and baseline health data so blood samples fecal samples all these different swabs and and then they're getting backpack transmitters and so (laughs) um lots of just kind of like hard skills that i'm learning along the way which has been great and um i'm really grateful for but doesn't allow a ton of creativity in the day-to-day of um at at its core i guess you could say um, but there are so many ways around that and so many ways to get to that moment of trapping turkeys that can involve creativity. And so I'm really, you know, trying to play around with that. And, uh, one example could be, I call a lot of landowners. I've been calling a ton of different landowners these days and, and every phone call I make can be a little different and I can explain the, uh, project or our intentions in a, a new way. And, and so it's maybe not the normal way I like to be creative or see myself being creative but there's still creativity in every little corner or mm-hmm. um it can also just be <laughs> uh the way I choose to label things or cut up pieces of paper for this or that you know I mean yeah it's it's the little thing some days yeah. um and then I do a good bit of driving so I have the privilege to listen to whatever podcast or music I please <laughs> wow. when I'm driving which is fabulous. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's still ways to to incorporate that um in my life but uh if we're looking long term I really am interested in outreach and education mm-hmm. and um communicating the the higher science with the general public public and, and bridging that gap because I, I do think it's a calling on my heart that I see really important and um, I can, you know, be useful to that cause. So that's that's long term goals. And I think I, I there is a ton of creativity opportunity within that um, niche part of the field, if if that makes sense. And yeah. that can be photography, videography, a lot more than trapping turkeys can be but you know i'm making a flyer for for the state right now for this hen study to hand out to landowners so that's creative mm-hmm. too you know it's oh, yeah. it's all about perspective yeah. man. <laughs> that's that's what the art of things is all about it's finding the creativity yeah. in every corner just like you said right i love that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. well thank you so much for coming on to talk about all of this thank you guys. maybe we can get get you back on uh, in a few months or something and, and yes. kind of check back in uh, on yeah. all that kind of stuff. Our very first turkey technician. Woo-hoo. Yeah, turkey tech. <laughs> turkey tech. <laughs> oh, it's been great. Uh, but in the meantime, I guess it's time for some definitely not procrastinating. Yeah. Uh, Nate, what do you have this week? Oh, man. You're, I'm, you're always calling me on the spot. <laughs> all right. So um, I know last week. <laughs> if there's a If there's a pattern then i feel like you should see it coming. Yeah, that's right right exactly because <laughs> i get this pattern have nate go first he does something really silly have the guests go second and then jacob rounds us out with a, a marvel marvel thing okay um so i put stupid. him on blast right there okay so um first thing i'm going to talk about uh again is my definitely not procrastinating uh is that monday is Mr. Jacob Novak's birthday. Oh, and so yesterday we got our friends together and had some drinks, had a good time to celebrate Jacob's birthday. And tomorrow I'm going to not be, I'm going to be definitely not procrastinating singing Jacob's uh, happy birthday song uh, to him via phone probably. But uh, so that's my definitely not procrastinating. So if you know, you're, this episode you're definitely not procrastinating is my birthday. Yes. yes. So in case you're wondering, it is. My uh, second thing I need to add 
I'm going back to my book of fake swears, okay? Uh, I know, Jacob, we were going to get them into our conversation, but with a guest on the show, we can't we're, the we're same easy. way that we should. So today, ready? Today, I haven't even read this one yet, okay? Um, this is a real good one. Uh, so this swear, fake swear is wang dang sweet poutine, okay? <laughs> so you say this when you've eaten too much gravy-covered French fried food, okay, right? Or French fries. Uh or when you're kicked out of an Ottawa strip club. Wang dang sweet poutine. And the example here, Jacob, is wang dang sweet poutine. I thought it would be cool to make it rain with dollar coins. Great way to get kicked out. My second one for today is walla walla bing bang, which I actually say often. Well, yeah, isn't that from, uh, isn't that like a line in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang when they're rhyming? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyways, this book says... It is when you bowl a strike, okay? When you bowl a strike, you're allowed to say walla walla bing bang. I love how it just rolls off the tongue. (laughs) And it's also to be shouted in bed. (laughs) So to keep this PG-13, walla walla bing bang, and that's how I roll is the the thing here. So uh, see also shamalama ding dong. Maybe I got to start putting. Remember, it was it was this was probably back in the first ten episodes when one of my definitely not procrastinatings was my book called The Last Words of Notable People. Yeah, that just has you see you should. uh, Yeah, I'm using it as a mic stand right now. I should probably use that like you've been using. I you know what's funny is I use books as a mic stand as well, and I I use this book this. the American Buffalo book. I talked about it previously. I use that as my mic stand um, under there as well. But you should bring out those notable words. I'll bring out the fake swears, and that's what great. we do. It'll yeah. be great. Okay, so enough about me. Grace Lewis. All right. Enlighten us. Yeah. Um, as hinted <laughs> a little bit earlier, I did mention the 41,000 photos I've got on my iPhone at the moment that I am working through. That's so many photos. It is. And, and a, lot of them, a lot of them need to just be gone and sorted through. I think I kind of fell into the habit of, you know, like the busy traveling studying student who just takes photos and uploads and you know puts them on my phone and selects two or three out of the 40 that i love yeah i have i have iCloud storage i man okay, i, I, was I need say, a lot you of that you must have yeah. a phone with no. a terabyte of data oh no yeah. no 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 just just iCloud which is actually pretty like economically inexpensive? yeah inexpensive yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm i'm really grateful for that um (laughs) i don't know what i do otherwise because uh i i can't buy external hard drives very often can i just do a little in comparison (laughs) i'm gonna look at how many photos i have yeah please do let's hear it you guys okay so i have also a relatively new phone i have 2591 photos and 71 videos okay you have over forty-one thousand. i'm telling you this is since like 20 20 i don't even know 20 let's see 20 well i've even got throwbacks on here so that goes back to 2004 (laughs) um but like when i actually had an iphone and started taking a lot of photos was 2016 or 2015 so yeah since then and then i've got um 4,700 videos. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it is to be sorted and, and uh, parted with, but there's continued. still a lot of it that yeah. I'd like to keep and, you know, display yeah. to a portfolio. And so I've been doing a lot of scrolling and selecting mm. and deleting and adding to albums and that sort of thing. Um, well, I should still be unpacking the boxes I have. Uh, <laughs> yet to unpack they're they're few and far between now which is good but mm. anyway um yeah that's definitely a part of the procrastinating i've been doing which isn't terrible it's it's semi-productive no, that's so perfect for this segment oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um you know i just anything to i don't know <laughs> 
not be productive when I should be. Like, I was sewing a pair of overalls the other day, and I really didn't need to do that until a couple days later. Um, <laughs> you know, what else was I doing? Oh, just coloring my compost bin with a Sharpie paint marker. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, all sorts yeah, yeah. of things. So, um, yeah, gotta love it. Nice. nice. Definitely not procrastinating. Super cool. <laughs> well, uh, for reference, I have 160 photos and 10 videos. So right. I don't know what that says about but, but, me. But that's like a new phone. You, this yeah, is like I got it in May, so it's and you okay. And you had an Android, so you didn't transfer anything over, right? Right, and and I, okay. I feel like I I generally don't take many photos with my phone in the first place, right. much to my mom's chagrin. Mm. When I, I know whenever we went uh, on tour, she'd be like, take pictures. And then I would be like, I will. And then I never did. Enjoy the uh, moment. Yeah. yeah. I was like, everybody else has taken thousands of pictures. Grace the, Lewis I'll has be her in camera some of them. out. I yeah. know I'm going to see these pictures yeah. later. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. But exactly. I, I want to try to get better and actually take more more pictures. Um, just in, in general. Not, you mm -hmm. know, have a creative portfolio on my phone you know what i mean oh yeah. Um, oh yeah but my definitely not procrastinating um it's somewhat timely uh so the winter olympics just started yes. uh, oh, yeah. and generally speaking i mean we were talking about this yesterday after we got back from dinner we were we put on a little bit of the olympics and i'm like yeah. how did luge become a thing or how did the biathlon where it's skiing and shooting who started that <laughs> right. uh but one thing i love from the winter olympics is curling uh i don't yeah. know why but i just think like i think as a kid i was just like i have no idea what this is but it's kind of funny and cool but as i've grown and gotten older and now as i near retirement uh i just like I finally understand the rules. Precision. Uh, yeah, right? the, there's a, a couple weeks ago. Actually, this was probably like a month and a half ago at this point. Uh, Harry and uh, one of our, our friends from college, one of his friends from college, Martin, um, came over and we were watching something and then the, it finished and we just put on like the U.S. team trials for mm -hmm. curling. And uh, we were like, we get it now. This yeah. is cool, and, and it's just I've been keeping track of it. I haven't been able to watch anything live yet, uh, although it's probably going to be hard because they're in China. Um, but I'm I'm keeping track, and curling mm. is just a, a funny, fun, cool thing to keep track of. Similarly, who started this? <laughs> How did we get here? But it's cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting to know. But yeah, Grace, so, yeah. do you know? I don't. I oh can't say. man! Sorry. Uh, also, but Winter Olympics are a great way to procrastinate. <laughs> oh yeah, just it's easy to just put oh, on in the background and then oh, get yeah. distracted right. by it. Yeah. It's stuff you you don't watch all year. You don't watch it ever until it's the Olympics. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You're not going to watch a cross country skiing race ever in your life, probably. <laughs> and <laughs> then it becomes it like the most stressed you've been the in most years. And the commentators are going, <laughs> right. and they're like, "Oh yeah." yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. what a spectacle. What a spectacle. Also, shout out Major League Soccer. Columbus Crew starts up in a few weeks. Nate, we got to yeah. buy our tickets. Yeah, we do. We <laughs> sure do. All right. Well, Amazing. I guess that about does it. Again, thank you, Grace Lewis, yeah. for, for joining you. us in the great you insight. <laughs> well, I guess uh, hopefully we can have you on again soon. Uh, actually, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, oh, yeah. Do you have any social media yeah, or anything that you want to play? Yeah, so my personal is grace.lewis, and I'm going to drop it here for the first time I ever have. And my professional photography uh, account is lewis, L-E-W-I-S-G-E-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. Oh. So this was, Ew. let me just explain, and hopefully you guys can appreciate it as creative people yourselves, but I was really having a hard time figuring out the name thing. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, hmm. So my, like, username is often Louis G-E, so my middle initial is E, 
first is G, Lewis. <laughs> got it. Um, and then ography, right? You've got photography, and then I am starting to dabble at videography. And so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, these two ographies. And then, yeah. hey, I like to travel, so why not try and use that as like a little play on words? Lewis geography. That's good. I don't know. Yeah. It could be really cheesy and no one will like it, but I'm just going to stick with it and, and see what Oh, happens. I like it. I love it. And you know <laughs> Thanks, what? There's guys. a couple things out there that are cheesy and they're supposed to be cheesy. Grilled <laughs> cheese, for instance, wonderful. It's cheesy. A great thing. So I agree completely. Yeah. Wonderful awesome. name. Well, yeah. uh, we'll be sure to link that uh, in the Thank description you. for this. Yeah, I actually well. hope to have my first post out tonight. So perfect timing, Ooh, you guys. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks. wonderful. All right. Well, I guess uh, hopefully we'll get you back on in a few months here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks again. See you on the flip side. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find both artists in the description for this episode, along with links to our social media. If you'd like to be part of the show, you can email your questions, topics, brainbow suggestions, and more to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.